Tom Hanks falls in love. Gary Sinise finally makes it to space, and it's fun to remember Robert Pattinson's Remember Me this week on 30 2010. Welcome to 302010 as I'm all a giggle. The Laser Time Network's chronological time machine taking you uh, 30, 20, and 10 years back in the past of pop culture, movies, news, TV, and more. Uh, this week we're looking at three across three decades. We're opening up a time portal to 30, 20, and 10 years ago to March 6th through the 12th of 1990, 2010. I have a I had a very what I thought was movie nerd intro. Usually I try and make it very succinct, and mm-hmm. this is all trivia based for the most part. Uh, and so I'm still giggling about it because behind <laughs> the scenes it took me a few takes to get through it <laughs> uh, because none of it tells you really what we're going to talk about unless you already know these movies. I'm usually I'm usually mm-hmm. not cryptic in the hints. That's true. Um, so so sorry. I'm all a giggle. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman, and I have a brain cloud. It's me, Sarah. I'm sick. <laughs> and I think I've established I'm the least professional. Mm. So <laughs> without further ado, why don't we get started mentioning our executive producer, Jason uh, McCoffrin. I want to say that's how his, his name is said. Oh, He's one of right. many fine patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Price of a cup of coffee will get you a bonus show every single week over 100 movie commentaries and other exclusive stuff, including a deeper look into the video games with the video game Apocalypse Boys. But, and with Sarah being sick, I think you'll hear lots of McCoffrin. Yes. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> For sure. Diana with the rare mom joke. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. If you'd like to have your name read off on the air, we do have an executive producer level, so you can be like Jason here. Be like Jason. Not like not Jason. Uh, <laughs> hi. It's it's uh, March 6th of the 12th. That's what we're talking about in 1990. Why don't we start out with a little bit of news that Diana put down just to confuse me and make me feel dumb. Uh, okay. Lithuania declares independence from the USSR. USSR says no, but doesn't do much about it for a while. Yeah. yeah no, this thanks. Is my, just, yeah, as the USSR is just sort of peeling apart little bits at a time. I love this one. That Lithuania is like, independence for Lithuania. And USSR is like, how dare you? No. No, you're still part of USSR, but does fucking nothing about it. Mm. Like a tensely worded postcard that just says <laughs> no on it. Like it used to be they'd roll in the tanks and everything yeah. and be serious. And they're just like, no, we're not listening. No, 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 no. And Lithuania's like, we're free. Not listening. Yeah, they, they, and that's it. They <laughs> but Lithuania te- is basically largely independent from this point forward. I guess so, it, it's hard to they, wage tech warfare without the WB even. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, does like Lithuania, they just stop paying tribute basically? Like they don't I, I guess so. It seems like they kind of gradually started moving on like I guess should we have a new constitution? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Like it wasn't like a revolution like we're doing this mm-hmm. all today. It was just sort of like guys, we're we're going to leave if you want to like pack up our stuff. But they like not take the boxes for a while, just sort of leave them. <laughs> Do and, not make us you know. dump all the vodka in mm. the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, They'd really start would. doing that every year, man. Oh man, you'd have the best fish after all that. Um, mm. No one talks about how he the fish really tasted catch, after that. Uh, <laughs> and let's get into movies. Speaking of Russia, The Hunt for Red October is still number one. Number no. one. That's Antonio Banderas. What am I doing? <laughs> number one at the box office. <laughs> As we talked about last week, the sole movie, and as as I, I'm going to say, Diana sort of speculated, it was a big adaptation. So people mm-hmm. might have gotten out of its way. 
as far yep. as March releases go. Because there's and a lot more movies. And then they all dumped out. this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many to talk about, and oh, yeah. very few of them are even notable. Yeah, so, there's there's one. There's run one. Through a couple fast. I was waiting to spring one of these on people for an episode of Laser Time. Oh. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I'll tell you about that one in a second. Last of the Finest is definitely not one of them, but I am very interested to see a Bill Paxton, Jeff Haiti, <laughs> Jeff Fahey, Joe Penaliano, and Brian Dennehy movie. Mm. Come on, yeah. character yeah. actor of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're they're DEA agents and they're like family. And then, oh no, Bill Paxton got killed, and Brian Dennehy's so fucking pissed about it. Oh, and the reviews everywhere. said it was the most boring thriller of all time. <laughs> I'm like, no, but, oh, bummer. but Joe Pants. Yeah, everyone here is... Joey Pants. All these people here are over 50. What are they going to do? <laughs> now, Joey Pants isn't that, isn't that old yet. Uh, Love at Large sounds even more terrible, which is something I never want to see. Anne Magnuson, uh, Ted Levine, Annette O'Toole, Kate Capshaw, uh, Ann Archer, Elizabeth Perkins, and Tom Berenger. Love at this Large. This sounds fascinating and i can see how it's bad i mean this cast is fucking great mm-hmm. it's got tons and tons of cool people in it it's a noir detective movie with all the tropes of noir detective stuff except that it takes place now oh. so like all the cars are modern they're on modern planes whatever but they're acting like it's a thing so like baby boomer brick <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'll take it. And like uh, some some reviewers, they really liked that, mm-hmm. and some reviewers said like, "What is the point of this? This is stupid." That's um, exactly how people responded to Brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's directed by uh, Alan Rudolph, who's one of those guys where it's like, yeah. "Are you good at this?" Because Sometimes. he's got some good movies, but he also has some that's like, "What are you doing?" Did he adapt to so. Breakfast of Champions? Is that him? I think it might have been. No, okay. maybe. Let's say with no. Let's stick with no. Um, but no, uh, yeah, so this just sounds like an oddity, you know, let us know in the comments if you have fond memories of it. I don't, I don't know. Didn't get around to it. Way too much to watch. So, yeah, to glue you in, there are, there are way more movies than there were last week, and mm-hmm. we are recording this on a weekend to catch up, so, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot to talk about, none of which is Coupe de Ville, a movie starring Patrick Dempsey, Airy Gross, and Daniel Stern and Alan Arkin. Never heard of it. Yep. I'm guessing it's about a car, one of them liked in their childhood. Probably. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're yes! you're dead balls on. Actually, yes! uh, Patrick Dempsey, Ari Gross, and Daniel Stern are brothers, and their dad, Alan Arkin, uh, asks them to drive this fancy Cadillac down to visit him in Florida, and they bicker, and fun things happen along the way. And it's weird because, uh, weird trivia: Ari Gross was the original narrator for the Wonder Years for the oh, pilot. Really? And then That's a uh, when man? he got picked up, they brought in Daniel Stern instead. Oh. Huh. So I, I want to see a scene of dueling narration, but I don't think I get it. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I, a movie with this title Ooh. and these people could probably be fun. Lisa Zane, James Spader, Rob Lowe in, in Bad Influence. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I've not seen this. Tell me a little more about it. Movie trailer. What do you want? All he ever wanted was a bigger piece of the good life. I think I'd be good for him. Make it happen. Make it happen. Now, he's about to find out that what he wants and what he's afraid of are really one and the same. (laughs) What kind of game are you playing with my life? This is my life. He never saw it coming until it was too late. (laughs) I don't know what any of this means. Well, it's a thriller. Intrigue. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is a very fun movie. I enjoyed yeah. it immensely, I have to say. I I just loved it for 
it, it subverted my expectations with the casting yes. right away. Because oh. when you have James Spader in something in the 80s or early 90s, mm-hmm. he is going to play yuppie scum. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you have Rob Lowe in a movie around this time, he's going to play yuppie scum. Mm-hmm. And it's about, well, which one of these yuppies is scummier? And it's not the one you think it's going to be. Oh, man. Rob Lowe is the yuppie devil. He is. And he's like... So he basically meets J- dorky James Spader like on a random occurrence and then just kind of obs- gets obsessed with his life. And he's like they he befriends him and he's like, yeah, you got to take more chances. You want the good life. You got to get out here. Cheat on your girlfriend. Da, da, da. Well, and he fun. basically blows up James Spader's life. And then everything starts to get really dark. And James Spader's like, no, no, no. I didn't want it. Not like these. Not like these. And then Rob Lowe's crazy eyes are like, yeah, like this. It's crazy. Yeah. And I'm also it's- at the same time rewatching Parks and Rec. So I'm loving seeing two <laughs> Rob Lowe's, both with crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, this was kind of like a, a minor indie hit. Like it did okay at the box office, did better on video, but. It, it did pretty well critically enough that it's directed by Curtis Hansen, and it's kind of his first big breakout. You know, he'd go on to do L.A. Confidential. Mm. He rules. And the first single or solo script uh, credit for David Kep, who is the mm. guy who's written pretty much everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's him. Okay. I do want to say where you have it paused in the trailer they're digging a body out of the water and R- Rob Lowe is you would you wouldn't you would blink and you'll miss this in the trailer he's eating a box of popcorn and waving at the body <laughs> yeah. like wow okay so he is the sadistic one here yeah this is definitely yeah. on my list of okay I've got to watch this because I was reading the description out to Sam and I was like this sounds like an erotic thriller first of all and it mm. kind of it, there are erotic parts of it certainly and then Sam was like yeah I'm on board and then we watched it he's like oh yeah I've seen this a million times mm. <laughs> which I was unsurprised by <laughs> yeah I, I mean I don't know if we're going to do anything with this but recently MB and Sam are are treating me to I guess what it was like to grow up with HBO as uh-huh. someone under 10 and we watched the cat's eye the other night and it just oh, yeah. like this is the greatest thing I've never seen. I love you this so much. I mean, I didn't see my first radar movie till I was 10. Yeah. So, like, I have a lot to catch up on. They remember a lot of this shit, and I don't. Yeah. Because I never had premium cable. <laughs> and so I'm having a great time talking with both of them. Maybe that's what Laser, Laser Time just becomes now. HBO 1980 <laughs> to 1990. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I mean, out of the movies we're going to talk about, uh, Bad Influence, I feel like, is the one that I vaguely heard of but didn't remember really well and then rewatching it being like oh yeah, yeah this this is a recommend it is and especially for the like 80s 90s of it all because the it's like right there on the cusp and you know all the fashions and hair are right there and i love the depiction of like the underground scene like <laughs> club that they go to mm-hmm. where women are dancing around with like what looks like neon lights. I, I gotta don't know. say, like, it, it was wild. It does seem right for a heist <laughs> as tax time comes around. I wouldn't mind robbing a yucky, yuppy club, but $3,000 plate dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. I'm just bummed that, like, if, if, this was just a, a couple weeks later, or no, we had another movie a couple weeks earlier. We could contrast this with American Psycho mm. because okay. that, yeah. that's not a bad double feature. Yeah, actually. yeah, I agree for sure. Fascinating. And uh, I had, I was waiting to surprise everyone. I was, prepping an episode of Laser Time, it's our topic-based pop culture show, uh, about adaptations you never knew existed. Because I was pretty shocked to learn 
in the midst of, well, in the dying hype of The Handmaiden's Tale on Hulu, uh, that was already made. There was already a movie made out of this. And in in my world, everybody had seen and was talking about The Handmaiden's Tale on Hulu. And mm-hmm. no one was talking about this movie at all in 1990. I've never heard of this. Natasha Richardson, Faye Dunaway, Robert Duvall, Aidan Quinn, and Elizabeth McGovern in The Handmaid's Tale. Ecological disasters ravage the land, resulting in civil war, political turmoil, and widespread sterility. Only a very few women could still bear children. These women were called handmaids. What'd you do? It's treated with all the... Oh, the gusto of a Lifetime movie. It truly. Uh, that yeah. music. This is... Uh, it's... No. <laughs> <laughs> no good. It's not an especially good adaptation. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty faithful. It's pretty much the book. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I let me just start with... I hate the poster so fucking bad. Ooh. This is the worst mm-hmm. poster I've ever seen. Because mm-hmm. it's Natasha Richardson looking sad but sexy and she's like just sort of covering herself up like she just got out of the shower wearing a towel mm-hmm. it's like this is not an erotic thriller you fucks no yeah at least market it with in, in like a nun outfit like they did for the tv show right yeah but yeah so i mean the novel came out like five years before and mm-hmm. it's a fucking great book and uh yeah the first season of the hulu show covers the book really well and then adds some stuff in, you know, embellishes it a bit Mm -hmm. to stretch it out, but is a much better adaptation than this movie. It just sort of isn't horrifying enough. Uh, That seems like a weird thing to complain about. (laughs) Well, well, that's all short. It sounds like, I I don't know. I I heard, I haven't caught up on, I I love the first season, the handmaid's tale. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I hear it's, it's getting pretty Dexter out there. (laughs) Like without a, without source material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear the third season is a little fucking wacko. Yeah, I watched the first season of the the Hulu show and then kind of, because I love um, Margaret Depressing Atwood. Yourself. Yeah, I love oh. our Margaret Atwood so much and I love the original source material and then uh, felt too real. Just got too real yeah. too fast. Wow, so, the, the movie, the, who, yeah. who said this and what... what Playboy. Playboy gave Handmaid's Tale from 1994 stars and called it a psychosexual movie shocker. What the fuck? I'm kind of familiar what? with the story now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> psychosexual. 30 years ago, we were in a different headspace, right. I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I've kept watching The Handmaid's Tale, and each successive season has been worse than the last. Mm. The second season I actually quite enjoyed because, yeah. That the first season is just the book, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, now where are they going to go with this? And like, they they go into directions that it's like, yeah, this seems plausible. This seems like other things that are happening in this world and stuff that would be going on in yeah this theocratic America where uh, women are treated as walking wombs and mm-hmm. given out to rich couples to or rich and powerful couples to forcibly breed children. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really depressing. It's been really depressing to watch that show, though. It's like every week there's something that's like, this was just in the news. Right. No, oh, I, God. Yeah. You know, allegedly, like, the show was developed, like, away from all that, but, like, hit right when our own country went topsy-turvy crazy pants. Yeah. And, yeah. It's too much. Oh, what happens when a whole country succumbs to reactionary conservatism overnight and it completely, oh, wow, this is so prescient. How'd you come out within a day of the election? Mm. Anyway, uh, uh, something that's always going to be prescient. House Party. House Party. House party. <laughs> uh, the prequel to House Party 2 Pajama Jam. Just House Party. 
Uh, House Party starts Christopher Keed Reed uh, and Christopher Play Martin. Uh, yep. King Two Chris's, who would ever think of such yes. a thing? Yes, also known as Kid and Play uh, Princes of Happy Rap. Uh, and Robin Harris, let's not forget him, uh, her, and uh, House Party, ladies yep. and gentlemen. It's the hottest party in town. Thumbs up. Rambunctious. You're not going nowhere. What? It's it. Sassy. Dad, don't slot too loud. You want to wake the neighbors up. House party. The place to be. With that fire, I'm going to kill it. See, I should have stuck with my instincts. I knew who Robin Harris was. Uh, mm-hmm. Baby's kids guy. Mm. Um, yep. Bebe's kids guy, who unfortunately uh, died. I believe he passes away next week. Oh, yeah. no. He Bernie Mac right, all yeah. over us, like right when he was on his ascent. Oh, it, like, he had an man. animated movie made. Like, holy shit. And he's, yeah, he's he dead was before it comes so out. funny. Mm-hmm. I never thought about, yeah, his style of comedy is, is sort of Bernie Mac ish, yeah. too. Yeah. It's so not fair. So, anyway, yeah, House Party, uh, also starring Martin Lawrence and Tisha Campbell, yeah. mm-hmm. but before Martin the Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl Chill Mitchell, we got in there. We got. John Witherspoon pops up. Mm. Fucking George Clayton pops up. Wow. Yeah. There's there's nothing. And are you ready for this, though? Mm. I didn't realize. Written directed by Reginald Hutland, based on his award-winning Harvard University short film. Are you kidding? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Ugh. Yeah. And Reginald Hudlin's gone on to make stuff like Boomerang. He produced Django Unchained. Like, he's been around a long-ass time now. Hmm. 30 years now. Yeah. It's, it's easy to shit on House Party, but it's a fucking, it's a it fun, totally fun. fun movie when I was a kid. It's, it's like, fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the old, like, someone's parents are out, uh, out out of town, we're gonna have a party, and then the party gets out of hand, and there's lots of colorful characters and wacky shit going on, and there's a rap battle, and dancing, and Ooh, it's, and, uh, it's silly as hell. I like, I like high hair kid and play, that goes away after a while, yeah. and you miss yeah. it when it's gone. Yeah. And and I know the movie's not gonna win any awards, and you're saying this movie is no class act, but that's why we have class act with Kid and Play, which is a much, which is a superior film in it almost every. I I disagree. No, okay. <laughs> I think House Party is way more fun yeah, than Class is. Act. I think Class Act is like this is just like a regular, I don't know, teen comedy. I just but wanted to say House that Party, sentence. like House Party, I feel like you can mm. be a grown up and watch it, and it's still silly. Huh? House Party, ladies and gentlemen. Class Act. The any of those movies where there was a party when the parents went out of town always would stress me out when I was younger because <laughs> I never did. Yeah, I never did that growing up. And so uh, because my parents. No, never... you slip and slide outside. <laughs> yeah, it would just stress me out so much to watch that. Like, Don't you're we have get... enough coasters? Oh. My parents are going to be so disappointed. They're going to know we took some Dixie cups. <laughs> uh, yeah, house party, ladies and gentlemen. It would go on to spawn Four sequels. Um, holy shit. Mm, I remember seeing them all in my blockbuster. And yep. if you're one of those types of people who think uh, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks should be in every movie, boy, this it begins here. Mm-hmm. It, begin- <laughs> it, it sure begins. Does. It begins. But uh, yeah, like I teased earlier, Tom Hanks would find love in this film. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I think that's an interesting factoid. Joe versus the volcano, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. You get it. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan know when adventure strikes with a passion... Just go with the flow. Stop right there! I love you. I love you too. Joe versus the Volcano. Rated PG. Starts Friday, March 9th. Jesus, why all the Stand By Me music? Um, (laughs) This movie, it it got shit on forever. 
Oh yeah, it's but, really weird. It's but it's, the, it's fascinating. It, it is, yes, it is fascinating weird. I kept thinking about Baron Munchausen yeah. watching this, yeah. where it's like, the different parts are okay, some better than others. Why aren't they fitting together for me? Mm. But I know this is a cult following. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who say, like, this is an unrecognized classic. I respectfully disagree, mm. but it's interesting. I, I'll be one of those uh, people who, like, doesn't mind sitting through it when I see it on cable, like, oh, shit, they're about to get to the volcano. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to stay yeah. here for a little bit, because it is fucking weird it's very strange i remember i saw it as a little kid and like a lot of the imagery from it stuck in my brain for sure Mm -hmm. the idea of a brain cloud this was all it must have been an hbo film like you know for a little while because Mm -hmm. i feel like i've seen it multiple times as a child it was like the the most successful movie comedy central had until like 1994 (laughs) like they would run this in carbon copy all day (laughs) <laughs> and then I rewatched it as an adult, and I did not pick up as a kid how very bizarre it is and like uh, fantastical. When I was a little mm-hmm. kid, I just thought this was just like oh, it's just like. Because what movie. is the premise here? If we can, if we can relate it, I need to look it up because I want to know exactly for sure. I know there's a reason yeah. they go to a volcano. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Throw so Tom in- Tom Hanks is a schlub working in a schlubby factory, and he hates his job, and he's always feeling sick. Go so he goes to Doctor Robert Stack who tells him he has a brain cloud and he will die in six months. And then eccentric millionaire Lloyd Bridges shows up at his house and says, hey, you're going to die anyway. Could you go to this island and sacrifice yourself to this volcano for me? Because that'll get me in good with the islanders uh, because they have like a precious metal I want to extract. And he's like, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Like this is like this. This is a romantic comedy. Yes, it is. And again, Tom Hanks yeah. would meet his actual wife on the set of this movie, hmm. and they've been. No, nope. nope. you're thinking volunteers. You're oh, thinking I am thinking movie of volunteers. Where Tom Hanks is in the jungle. Oh, that's so. I know striking. Tom Hanks always ended up in jungles. He's mm-hmm. always ended up stranded in the ocean, mm. like he does in this movie. I think Romance Tom in the Hanks. Stone led people to believe this this kind of formula would be a massive success, and I think yeah. these people are a little too cute, like Michael Douglas and. Uh, Oh, why, why am I forgetting Jessica? Turner? Kathleen Turner. Turner. They're a little rougher yeah, around the edges. Edge. Like you can see them surviving in the wild. Exactly. I totally agree. These Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, they're a little too soft for mm-hmm. the wild. Yeah. They're pretty they soft. Need to, I mean, they need to survive in like comfy, cozy Manhattan. Yeah. Which is where we'll see them next time. Yes. They meet yeah. each other in a mail store. What? Where does she? What a kind of dumb store? store. What's the dumb store she owns? A bookstore. A bookstore. It's not, it's a bookstore. Oh, no, she's going to be weirdo. in Seattle. Oh, well, right. no, she's going to be in New York. I'm for- listening to Seattle. <laughs> I forgot Stalking about Seattle. Eventually. Yeah. I mean, so much of this, it's weird because it's written and directed by John, John Patrick Shanley, who had a huge hit with Moonstruck, which also features a scene of a giant moon affecting people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Keep going back to that well, you Tom Hanks' moon sickness. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was such a huge hit. I guess they just kind of let him go. I mean, Spielberg produced this and just like, yeah, do what you want. And it's like it needs two or three more drafts on this script. Because, mm. like, the, the overall idea is real fun. Yeah, it totally like, is. And, and But they take... Oh, like a long time. Every time, every step forward in the plot, like, takes a long time when they're there. Mm. Where it's like, first, here's a gold card. You know, go to New York, buy a bunch of clothes, have fun. Okay, Mm -hmm. we're going to take a bunch of time to do that. Now, uh, you have to get on a boat to go there. We're going to take a bunch of time to do that. Like, before he even gets on the boat, he's got to spend time with Meg Ryan in the second of three roles Mm. for no apparent reason. Except she does a funny voice, and then they're on a boat for a while, 
and then the bad thing, and then the boat sinks, and they're in the ocean for a while. It's like everything is for a while. It's like you could cut so much of this down, throw in one or two more goofy adventures, and this would be like I would love this movie. Yes, and maybe give the character some agency. And- yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they just they keep changing like. The whole time he's just sort of reluctant, like, I guess I'll go do this. That'll be fun. And then, uh, I suppose, and now I've fallen in love with Meg Ryan, and he immediately wants to jump in the volcano. It's like, why isn't there a point where he's like, no, I want to wait a little bit, or I've changed my mind. And she's like, I love you, and I'll do it, too. Why? Why would she do that? (laughs) It's just all people's motivations just change a lot, and it's just, boy, is it weird, though. It looks weird. Like, the set designs are gorgeous, and they are weird. Yeah, and every time I think about the ending, I'm like, holy shit, that really happened. Mm-hmm. They killed both their main leads. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no, but- no, but they killed Nathan Lane and Abe Vigoda <laughs> on the island full of people. I was going to say, yeah, one of them wasn't they, long Nathan for this Lane, world, but no, that wasn't the case. totally unrecognizable Nathan Lane, and he opens his mouth, and I was like, that's fucking Nathan Lane. Oh, not Before a he was famous. <laughs> Uh, and okay, moving into television of 1990, March 6th to the 12th, BL Striker. Is this was this a TV movie or a TV yeah. show? So it's one of those things that we saw during the 80s and 90s where we have these periodic TV movies that mm-hmm. are not episodic, but it features all the same characters yeah. over and over again, which I think mm. is like a kind of a fun I think it's neat. little relic and something that doesn't really exist anymore. If you wanted to see more Midnight Run, there are three Midnight Run TV movies with the bad guy from Happy Gilmore and yeah. Robert De Niro's part. <laughs> yeah. it, yes. It's neat. Uh, and, it's cool. And it's definitely, and it's a way that we also get a lot of fun little guest spots that you see. So in this one, BL Stryker is played by Burt Reynolds. There are technically uh-huh. like two seasons of this, but you know, it, it a handful of episodes basically okay. is what we're talking about Cut into a bunch of TV also movies. starring his best friend Ozzy Davis and his ex-wife Rita hey, Moreno always do the right thing <laughs> Rita Moreno yes yeah. and in this one they're like being held captive by a bank robber played by Ricardo Montalban oh like no a, yeah it's fun and I'm glad that that existed it seems like a fun way to for these you know stars to get a check all Have of these EGOT time. winners. Yeah. Or is it just Rita Moreno? It might just Probably be her. Just Rita <laughs> okay. Yeah. But also Julianne Moore is in this little episode. Probably mm. in a blink and you'll miss her sort of situation. Yeah, not naked. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, on 311, sucks balls. Um, <laughs> so Lazy Time reference. We have a Perry Mason movie. I'm going to guess somewhere between the second or 53rd Perry Mason movie. Mm-hmm. By the mm-hmm. way, growing up with yeah. Sam... Uh, uh, he had all the channels and his parents would tape a ton of stuff uh-huh. and he had all these tapes and the reason why I was obsessed with Ferris Bueller and Heathers because that those were the only things taped in the cabinet that weren't Perry Mason because <laughs> I don't know how many TV movies there were but according to that collection it seemed like a fucking load of them uh, there's a lot there's a couple dozen yeah. Looking, I didn't realize. Oh, they started with the T- Perry Mason TV movies in '85, and they ran to like '93, doing three and four a year. This is the wow. second one for 1990. Yeah, so there's a lot. Perry Mason in the case of the desperate deception. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, would Perry Mason yeah. be there if the deception wasn't desperate? Maybe it's the Dayquil talking, but I am very nostalgic <laughs> for this sort of like cozy oh, yeah. mystery sort of. Mm-hmm. You know, situation. I can't believe it was a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this cast I know. is I know. the best. Yes, Godzilla's Raymond Burr, first and foremost. Right. 
<laughs> but uh, Barbara Hale, uh, as always, is I, 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 she's not. Th- she's all. She's always in these. She's the sidekick. Oh, I thought she was. I kept thinking. She, no, I'm thinking of uh, shit. Uh, the skipper on Gilligan's Island. That is not her. Oh, um, Alan Hale. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nope, Gilligan's Island. Her. Barbara Hale. <laughs> um, Ian McShane. Fucking Al Swearingen, mm-hmm. among other things. Yep. Uh, Yvette Mimille. Yep, that's the blonde lady from the Time Machine. Cool. Terry O'Quinn. Locke. Yeah. John Locke on Lost and X Files and. The stepdaddy and a bunch of other fun mm-hmm. things. And yeah. a guy I met in person who was very nice and took a picture with me. Uh, oh. Teresa Wright and Paul Freeman. all. Teresa in- Wright starred in Hitchcock's favorite of his movies, Shadow of a Doubt. And mm-hmm. Paul Freeman is Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes! Wow. wow. I am all in on this kind of cast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, well... I don't know. And all of these, I with all of these and like murder she wrote, I try to find. Is there a summary where I can find out which one of these guys did it? Because mm-hmm. it's it's just fun that way. Be like, oh yeah, it was Terry Quinn, Terry O'Quinn. I can't find any. I think Diana. Mm-hmm. You know what I always say: if you can't find something on your on the internet, it's your goal to put it there. This is your, this is your job. Oh, this is I've watched your more task. murder she wrote at your house than any any other place <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> murder she wrote. <laughs> In uh, a show I really, really liked ends in uh, syndication. The the syndicated sitcom Juggernaut's Mama's Family comes to a conclusion. God. It uh, was always on, always, and yet always I've on. never seen an episode of it. Well, it Much was, like Saved by the Bell. Like I, I said when we talked about it earlier, I love this show because it was. I didn't know that I love sketch comedy yet, but I liked You Can't Do That on Television and people playing characters to high fucking heaven. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. woman clearly in a wig. Playing this much older person, even though you can tell she's pretty and young, I thought was alluring and fantastic. And I I loved this weirdo redneck show. And I looked up a finale. I couldn't figure out why it was special. Mm -hmm. They're telling a baby how it got its name. Okay. Whatever. But, like, NBC (laughs) didn't love it. And it it decided to go out its own, like, make its own way in syndication. So it got first-run syndication, meaning... It appeared in new episodes on whatever channel that would pay for it. Hmm. And then got syndicated <laughs> even further uh, once it was in reruns. This is weird because oh. it's it's based on a sketch from Carol Burnett's show. It's based on a sketch from Carol Burnett's show. And they also made a TV movie about it with the same characters. And they all got Emmys. And then cr- this came it became a television show. And the critics shit all over it. Huh. Uh, but it's like they originally had Betty White and Rue McClanahan in the cast before NBC kicked it off the network. We kind of get Golden Girls from Mama's Family's. First season cancellation, hmm. but uh, I know it's it's sort of a punchline. But like I don't know, man, I don't hate it. Don't hate Mama's family. Okay, it is very broad. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, with a ton of broads, and, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and sure. also on the same day, a lot of reasons for Chris to mourn here. Freddy's Nightmares concludes the mm-hmm. Twilight Zone esque one hour Freddy Krueger hosted television show. It it wasn't a Freddy focused episode, which those are the only ones I really like. We do a, we have a commentary, a video commentary for that on uh, patreon.com slash laser time. If you want to watch it with me and Lizzie of Elm Street Nightmare fame, which just got a new episode of Bride of Chucky. Uh, but Freddy's Nightmares debuted with a Toby Hooper directed origin story of Freddy Krueger. Mm. And mm. it's pretty interesting because like I had more access to the television show than I did to the movies mm-hmm. in a pre-streaming world where you had like 
I was 10. I couldn't really walk into a fucking movie gallery and be like, can I please have Nightmare on Elm Street, the Dream Master, please? I was not going through puberty. <laughs> um, but yeah, Freddy's Nightmare concludes after two seasons. Uh, do yourself a favor. Look up some of the interstitials. Uh, my favorite is Rap Master Freddy, where he's cutting up wax <laughs> oh, with his love. Uh, video games of 1990 through this week. It's Again, these are always hard to track, but why not Mercs and Pat Riley Basketball? Pat Riley basketball. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> basketball would have been, been very prescient. Two ahead of time. Very yeah. interesting. Uh, Pat Riley basketball. I'm just enamored. John Madden was like the only person EA could get to endorse their. They couldn't get a real pro athlete. They were mm-hmm. worth too much. Mm-hmm. So now we have Pat Riley basketball. Another coach uh, or play-by-play dude. I forget, but his hair is stupid, and he's on the box. Yep. And He's a coach. He was a coach of the Lakers for a jillion years. Yeah, I didn't like remember if John really Madden was a coach. back hair, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Gordon Gecko of basketball coaching. And in music <laughs> of 1990, uh, Escapade by Janet Jackson is justifiably still number one, but we do have new releases from Chris Christopherson, Third World Warrior. Hmm. I can tell you one of only one thing about this album. It's probably boring. <laughs> that's, that's probably a fair a, bet assertion of Chris Gustafsson like every one of these songs sounds the same they're fine and there's a lot of them uh, and also I by Robin Hitchcock and uh, Living Like Hustlers by Above the Law Ain't My Type of Hype by Full Force off the House Party soundtrack will take us into the next break but stay right there because we have a lot to get to in 2000 stay there Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Hey guys, I wanted to ask you one single simple question, but don't answer just yet. And that was, and that's the people out there listening. Is what was a movie that terrified you as a child? Most of Laser Time, most of Laser Time came from me being going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, and you caused me to do that the other day because you had to bring up Benji the Hunted, <laughs> Benji the Hunted, as the movie that scared you the most when you were a little kid. Well, no, it's not more, the most. More like traumatized. I've got, I've got two for scared though. We can okay, I've got two. Okay, this is part of the rabbit hole. I love looking up old Siskel and Ebert clips, it's really, really funny when all they do is yell at one another. And for of all movies to fight over, Benji <laughs> the Hunted, like they are screaming at each other. They are apoplectic about their about their their misunderstanding over Benji the fucking hunted. Well, you're wrapping yourself in, in the flag of children, and I'm saying, go see the Black Stallion instead. There's a film with little dialogue. Oh, oh, much on. I'm not wrapping myself in the flag of children. You're wrapping yourself in the flag of the sophisticated film no, critic boredom. seen it all. No, boredom. Boredom with I Benji running. I don't think that any child is going to be <laughs> bored by this movie, and indeed, I found the nature of photography to be very interesting myself. I recommend film for kids that are good. The Black Stallion is a great film. This oh, is Oh, well, I recommend... <laughs> it's just like, I hope we just emphasized your podcast is garbage. Siskel <laughs> and Ebert are way better at arguing about movies. And what's really funny is that Benji the Hunted came out the same day as Full Metal Jacket. And he's giving him shit because Roger Ebert 
gave Benji the better score. <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. You mothers get up. Um, it's time for 2000, and we're coming in with Down with the Sickness by Disturb. It's me. It's so fitting. Off of the sickness. <laughs> well, I'm a little stuffy, too. Oh, okay. You want to just hop on my bandwagon? No! Something happened to my sinuses, and I walked outside, <laughs> and it was I sunny, and I sneezed, and I had a giant nosebleed from all the things that happened inside my face. I guess I can't have anything. <laughs> no, you can't. You have you, to. Sometimes you have to share things, Sarah. Hop on my bandwagon of oh. being ill. <laughs> Uh, spoken like a lonely, like a fucking only child, even though you have multiple brothers and sisters. <laughs> um, new releases this week. Welcome to 2000, March 6th to the 12th. We also have new music releases from Flogging Molly with Swagger and uh, Revelation by Armored State. How to Meet Girls by Nerf Herder. That's got to hey. be a lie. Uh, yep. Dwarves Come Clean by Dwarves. Um, Get Some Go Again by Rollins Band. And Live at the Greek by Jimmy Page and the Black Crows. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction was also this week with Eric Clapton, Earth, Wind & Fire, The Love and Spoonful, The Moon Glows, Bonnie Raitt, and James Taylor. I like that there's always one band like, who? I love all, who are all these, these are legends, and then there's somebody I've never heard of the in my Moon entire Glows. life, The Moon Glow. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Moon Glows were early, kind of pre, where rock and R&B are kind of the same, mm-hmm. but their big hit, Sincerely, Sincerely, it's very doo-wop-y. Mm. Excuse me? Okay. okay. I'm going to let that go. <laughs> Italian. <laughs> Uh, extended Sopranos yeah. stuff to play this week. Uh, and news this week, and also baby, music baby. news. Oh my goodness! I put my heart in motion. Is that a reference of this? Yeah. Is that there? Is that them? Yeah, baby, that's ba- her. Baby, baby. You put my heart in, my heart in motion. That's her. I th- yes. Wait, I thought she was more country. She is. That doesn't sound country to you. <laughs> I don't know. Vince Gill is crazy. Unmistakable Vince, country. Yeah, Vince Gill and Amy Grant. Especially his name. He sounds like a master fisherman. Yes. And- well, <laughs> because of the Gill? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, and they're still together to this day. I imagine yes. have a massively open relationship. Sure. Oh, yeah. They're both oh, so yeah. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much swinging and stuff, man. Yep. Swinging and singing. Yeah. That's their right. deal. You put one in Garth Brooks's poon, and I'll go over there and surf around, reach around to Brooks and Dunn, and then we'll, bo- we'll both <laughs> chat at Hoochie Allen Jackson. Who gets Chris we'll- Gaines in all of this? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just in the corner Gaines. crying. Above the waist, he's Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a three-way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, could you? Okay, could you imagine? Now, I have never been to an orgy or a swingers party, mm-hmm. much, much to my embarrassment. But could you imagine if you were there and not only like a celebrity couple, but like Amy Grant, huge in Christian music yeah. and Vince Gill, huge in country. And they're just like, I, I, I imagine <laughs> guy and girl, it'll be like uh, when you skip lunch, but there's a, a birthday cake and uh, in the break room at three o'clock uh-huh. and everyone's kind of fighting their way to the front. It's like, yeah. oh, I want to be the first to fuck Garth <laughs> or Amy Grant, guy or girl, a bunch of elbows going into people's shoulders. <laughs> Like, like the president at a at a G eight summit trying to get in front for a picture, or trying to get to a birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, movies of 2000s, yeah. it's, it's time for us to talk about Woody Allen and yeah. go shoot Rats oh. at the Dump. But this movie's great. We have... Okay, here's my theory. We have three movies. Oh, no. Two of them are by, let's just say, problematic oh, no. directors. Oh, I looked yeah. ahead. Yeah, oh, you're no. right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to say it right now. Brian De Palma is probably a sex criminal. You think so? Because he's the only one in here who isn't. <laughs> that oh, we know poor Brian of. De Palma. Oh, man. Um, uh, is it? No, let's... But, Start but with. I don't. I will make very few excuses for Woody Allen movies. I don't think they're that fucking great. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even like shit like Annie Hall. Like uh, I guess that was fine at the time. Uh-huh. It doesn't bring me any comfort to watch it. Yeah. But I do love Sweet and Lowdown. Okay. Like a lot. Really. Mm-hmm. I love the. Yeah. I love Sean Penn's character. A fucking genius dirt semi bag. dirt bag <laughs> semi autistic blues legend who all he wants to do is go shoot rats down at the dump. Mm. I, I use that phrase all the time. You do. It's, it's now awesome. I know where it's from. Sweet and Lowdown. <laughs> Uh, it's got great music and one of the greatest performances I've ever seen from Sean Penn. I never met anybody that keeps their feelings so locked up. I let my feelings come out my music. Yeah, well, maybe if you let your feelings out in real life, then your music would be even better. Don't talk. He's, he's a fake musician, right? Yeah. And But he's obsessed yeah, with Django Reinhardt. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a mockumentary, mm-hmm. uh, like like what Alan did with Selig, where it's like it's pretending that it's a, a real historical character you've never heard of, but it's not. Um, yeah, where he is, he says, the second greatest jazz guitarist in the world behind <laughs> Django Reinhardt, and he's obsessed with mm-hmm. being better than Django Reinhardt. So if you're into gypsy jazz, this movie's made for you. Hmm. Yeah, if you like the soundtrack uh, to Arrested Development, give ah, it a listen. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, and that was, uh, yeah, my husband was talking about this, and that was his number one complaint of, like, I don't like it. I don't know anything about it. And they're throwing out all these names, like, I know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, then. So, not your thing. But also, I- Samantha Morton in sort of her big debut, mm. where she doesn't talk or emote much. And he's really, really good. Mm. Okay. I'm always fascinated by, by characters who not only do they not speak, but they, they don't make big expressions. Mm. And it's like, it's, but you can it, tell what she means. In a world where we still looked at Woody Allen movies and talked about them publicly, uh, most of his movies is like a Kevin Smith factor where it's like, who cares how this looks or how the story is, the dialogues. Mm. Which, this movie's not like that. Mm. Uh, the dialogue's... Mm not all over the place it's not the star of the film there's an actual performance here um and oh speaking of <laughs> directors that uh it's hard for diana to defend yet she continues to all the time yeah um yeah no. yeah and recently in the news of uh stars walking out when he wins an award really good for them yeah, yeah um, good for them big uh, yeah. i don't remember this franklin jello johnny depp in the ninth gate all my own rare editions have the same protagonist the devil only the supreme masterpiece was missing. Nine gates is a kingdom of shadows. A book reputed to have been written by Satan himself. I want you to go to Europe. I want you to get it for me. You mean the devil won't show up? Yeah, the devil won't film in America for some mm, reason. Weird. That's, <laughs> that's the weird thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is directed and co-written by Roman Polanski. Mm. Mm. Uh, so I don't want to relitigate all that yeah he's a bad person who's done bad things and yet he's a great filmmaker and it makes me angry mm-hmm. um i kind of like this movie hmm, it really? is it is pulpy and it is generally stupid in a lot of ways <laughs> but it's also like weirdly watchable because mm-hmm. it's like sort of a detective movie mm-hmm. where johnny depp is 
you know, like this rare book guy who's looking for these books for Frank Langella that's like, you know, the secret pages from the blah, 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 and it's written by the Satan, and, and uh, he's kind of a grifter, and he's been, like, passing off fakes, and he's got to find the real thing, and meets this woman, and wait, did she just fly a little bit? I think she might have flown. Maybe she's not on the up and up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is pulpy and goofy and totally watchable because of that. Mm. Yeah, <sighs> it's not really a recommend. It's just sort of a, like, yeah, watch it. It's kind of nuts. Okay. And and I, I I feel the same way about the next movie on the list because I, I I know distinctly I think I it was the one semester I tried to go away for college yet failed miserably literally asked not to come back by the dean himself um, <laughs> oh. and and I I would see movies and I would be without my movie friends so I don't I never knew well did I like that I didn't talk about it afterwards yeah and yeah oh, the, I was gonna say the ninth mm-hmm. gate if you like the ninth gate and haven't seen Rosemary's Baby shame on you. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> that 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 with that caveat, <laughs> yeah. you can't like the Ninth Gate and not have seen Rosemary's Baby. Okay. If you're going to cross that yeah. bridge, yeah. But I I don't know how I feel about Mission to Mars because like I remember it like mm. I know this is like technically pretty mm-hmm. terrible, but yep. I I really like it and like I like the ending of the movie. But it's number to the box office, a big cast: Kim Delaney, Jerry O'Connell, uh, Connie Nielsen, Don Cheadle, Tim Robbins, and Gary Sinise finally going to space because he didn't make it in Apollo 13. Sorry, he's trying to make more movie nerd stuff in the intro. Mission to Mars is what I'm saying. Captain Jim McConnell and his crew are about to discover on Mars the origin of life on Earth. So I put that thing there, it's not us. That DNA looks human. And begin the greatest adventure of their lives. What are we here for if not to take care? I didn't remember them giving away the whole plot in the fucking TV spot. They give away the whole fucking plot. <laughs> they, they, spoiler, their whole movie, the whole point of the movie. I apologize, by the way, to Brian De Palma. I should not have called him a alleged sex criminal. Um, but I tell you what Brian De Palma is. Mm-hmm. He is a ripoff artist. Ooh. And so many of his movies are like, this is like another movie I liked, but dumber. And this is 2001, bitches. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yes, with, a, with more right dialogue. That's With any dialogue. There's, there's, yes. there's, there's even like monolith, <laughs> well, monolith imagery. But I'm kind of glad I skipped it in that case. <laughs> but as far as sci-fi yeah. goes, it like it talks like real in depth about Mars, which mm-hmm. I thought was neat. And then mm-hmm. I to spoil the ending, like the ending. Of, like, wow, it's all, all that imagery is in the fucking trailer. <laughs> I didn't see yes. that in the trailer. Uh, that, end of the movie. That yeah, like there's a big greater being that seated all of us all around the universe, mm-hmm. and they seated people on Mars, and it didn't take. It did take mm. on Earth, and that's why we keep looking to Mars like there's life on it because like there's the same DNA was sprinkled over Mars that was sprinkled here, and yeah, okay. we have cousins yeah. all over the universe. That sounds which fine. is a, which is a, a, a very <laughs> pleasant sci-fi thought. Yes, it, it is is neat. I yeah. Just as plausible as anything else. <laughs> yes. Yep. The, the and then there's you know, a bunch of stuff with like, you know, the face on Mars. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like they go to the face on Mars and there's like shit going on inside. And yeah, I mean, it's it's like an action-y and then comes to the point of sort of being like oh, 2001. No, it's, it's a bad CG Indiana Jones up until that revelation. Because mm. like one uh, character after another gets picked off in weird ways that can only happen on a slightly askew Mars. But uh, and the effects are not good. But whatever, mm. <laughs> whatever. Mission to Mars. Let us know what you thought about it. We have com- we have a comment section. We have a Facebook group, and a, a, you can tweet Diana thirty twenty ten podcast numbers mm-hmm. then letters. 
uh, and on TV of yeah. 2000, the six and twelve. Because I think we got we got Red Planet coming up then if we have Mission to Mars now, or did we pass it already? Because at least Red Red Planet is like cheaper and stupid, and this one's like trying to be important. Yeah, you'll see an alien. Like, I'll in take Red Planet. cheaper and stupid. Mm. And speaking of cheap and stupid, Howard Stern has a yeah. show show on FX. <laughs> it's not a slam on yeah. Howard Stern. It's just like. I never saw this because we didn't have FX, uh-huh. but like this was advertising like every magazine and comic I read for like two years. Uh, Son of the Beach. I don't know anything about this. I've never Is seen there, a fucking. It's not reality. It. No. Oh. no, no, it's got that. It's got that guy who played the guy on the fake talk show, Dick something. I forget his name. He's a funny actor. Mm-hmm. Last time I saw him, he was reading out the news on a on a, on a gas pump. But um, oh. oh, wait, no, sorry, that, that was in a Tonight Show sketch. It was a uh, he was pretending he was reading out. Oh. What people were wearing. Hey, you in the green hat at oh. a gas pump. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Uh, but he's a, he's a semi-famous character actor. Don't remember the yeah, show very he's, well. He's a hey, it's that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing the ads for it and everyone was based on like a bad pun about balls. Like, <laughs> cool. That's cool. It yeah. already works on me. <laughs> you didn't even hear the pun. <laughs> uh, Diane, I, gotta, I, I never do this to you, but I want to... Uh, did you know of God, the Devil, and Bob? I... Only heard about it after it was gone. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it was a troubled NBC animated show. I want to say I should have seen this if they aired this. The rest it aired four episodes on NBC and then mm-hmm. caved to bad ratings and religious groups yeah. who didn't like the mm-hmm. idea of God and the devil fun. being friends and <laughs> yeah, fun and and being on Earth and torturing this guy Bob, voiced by French Stewart. Uh, the huh. devil is Alan Cumming. Oh, and I want to see if, if uh, Diana could get who God was because. Homeboy okay. who played him like really loved play. He's like, dude, who wouldn't want to play God? I had a great time. I wish the show would have gone on longer because mm-hmm. uh, it's someone who's no longer with us, mm-hmm. meaning All a right. classic-y person. But God the Devil and Bob debuts the animated show on NBC. Now here's the deal. I'm very disappointed in the world. I'm, I'm thinking of destroying the whole thing, but I'd really rather not. Now you show me that the world's worth saving, and I'll spare it. Wow. That sounds like a lot of work. Well, yeah, but you'd be saving the world. Uh-huh. Well, I, I got that part, but what's in it for me? I knew I made the right choice. Look, if you don't want the job, I can save us all a lot of trouble and destroy it right now. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. <laughs> it's a very oddly look, oddly paced uh, very show. Very oddly paced. Where the, God does want to destroy the world, um, but has made a wager with the devil if he can pick a random person that will convince him not to. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. can pick a random person on earth, so the devil picks a schlubby, porn-addicted, no one mm-hmm. who drinks too much uh, to convince God the world is worth saving. Mm-hmm. And did you, huh. did you get the voice, Dean? Is that James Garner? It is James Garner. It is really? James Garner, yeah. Wow. Love James himself. Garner. Huh. Um, yeah, playing, playing God. You kids remember him from the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I remember from Maverick, both. Uh, I love yeah. Maverick. SNL this week is Joshua Jackson and in sync. I had looked sure. up a bunch of videos. Hilarious. He had that. I'm not sure he was. He, I can't imagine he's the first WB star to host the same way. I think had to be David Van Der Beek had to come first. Right? I don't know, but like mm. I did. If you can find it on YouTube, and I don't know the context of it, it's an interstitial. WB ran in primetime mm. saying, "Congrats, Josh! You'll be a great host." Hmm. Like saying, "Way oh. to go!" Wow. You're so I. I think he might be. He might cool. be. The, unless Sarah Michelle Gellar did it. I'm not remembering. It is I'm 2000. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't gra- gab, grab anything from that. But his, his, his monologue was fun. He's like, just remember 10 years ago how excited you'd be if Jason Priestley was hosting with <laughs> with Color Me Bad. Do not hate that I'm here. I'm like, 
Good point, man. It was a good point. Excellent. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. I, other than and that, then I, Justin Timberlake got a gleam in his eye and was like, <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to be a hanger on to the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's right. NSYNC is here. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be on. I don't want to come out only twice. Yeah. Uh, let me shoot the whole thing. I, yes. I'll I want to mug the camera a bunch. I will dress like a member of Color Me Bad. <laughs> And <laughs> I want to be like, guys, isn't it crazy? I'm so hot and funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just a goofball. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then a, a, an episode of Sopranos I love so mm-hmm. much airs. And I have good. maybe my longest clip, but for me, it's like it's the best clip in the, all of the Sopranos. Oh, okay. Um, it is because it's we just talked about where Christopher is shot for really stupid reasons. Mm-hmm. The, the Kind of Tony first son before he had children, mm-hmm. his um, nephew Christopher, like we said, what he uh, his children won't join the mafia, but right. Christopher was on that cutoff age where he like got in. Well, and this episode really puts that almost hits you over the head with it too much because there's the scene with AJ where mm-hmm. you know AJ is just. Just a little meatball. He's an awful little like, boy. He's just an awful little I was the same way. boy. And he's like going into the fridge and looking for some leftover ziti. It's after dinner and like, you know. And he drops it. He drops it. <laughs> it shatters. And Tony is so mean because at the time he's talking to Carm about getting maybe a getting vasectomy. a vasectomy so he doesn't knock up one of his gumas and <laughs> she, he won't do it. And then he, you know, AJ drops this whole pan of ziti and he's like, why would I get a vasectomy? This is the male heir I'm stuck with. And like walks <laughs> off his and it's like, to his face. And it's like, ay, ay, ay. but I mean, you can see that like, you know, Tony's feelings during that moment are obviously colored because he thinks he's going to lose Christopher, who is his real heir apparent, honestly. Yes. Yeah. You probably. know, you know, that's his protege. I mean, that is his protege. And professionally. And he loves him so much, you know, and he, and, him. he goes into a coma and he comes out and he has this premonition of, the devil and God, mm-hmm. like I'm in hell. I saw my dad. No. And my second favorite thing about it is Paulie Walnut. You were there too, man. You're going to hell. And he goes to see a psychic. And the psychic scene is amazing because he just starts. Pr- Who the fuck told you that? Yeah. Who's saying that? And then he leaves. He he gets so mad at the psychic. He grabs a chair in front of and yells "fucking quiz" and throws it through the wall. <laughs> Why? Why? You're the one who's scared Why? of ghosts. Yeah. Why is everyone else here queer? Why? Yeah, it's just, it's it's funny and it's also sad because this is a man who cannot handle like what he's feeling right. and what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. And so his only way to handle it is to throw a well, chair in a man's home and say <laughs> a slur. It's a slur. Because he can't handle, he, his brain can't handle it. Yeah, men and women of various different stripes, ages, and colors yeah. just yells fucking queer because I have to insult all of them with knowing to, nothing about my them. My brain is an overload. Yeah. Sopranos so is always a wonderful exploration of toxic masculinity. <sighs> Yes, and absolutely. Now that we have we have to look at one guy every day who can never admit when he's wrong mm-hmm. and that he's a foul piece of shit. Like it's really great to see like Tony confronted by Dr. Melfi. Remember last season she's put in jeopardy, has to go into hiding, has agreed to see him again. And it's just sort of like had it with like mm-hmm. I'm listening to you vent all your thoughts and you think you're completely innocent all the fucking time. You come across mm-hmm. so to me, this scene, it's you can even find it by Googling some Sopranos from Where to Eternity, the title of this episode. It's a little long. But it's it's the closest Melfi gets to confronting Tony for who he is, not mm-hmm. just for what he's done to her. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I love this clip as an Italian as well. He's asking if do you think Christopher is going to go to hell? Mm-hmm. Not the type that deserves hell. Who do you think does? The worst people. 
the twisted and demented psychos who, who, who kill people for pleasure, the cannibals, the degenerate bastards that molest and, and torture little kids and they kill babies, the Hitlers, the Paul Potts. Those are the evil fucks that deserve to die, not my nephew. What about you? What? Hell? You've been listening to me? No. For the same reasons. We're soldiers, you know. Soldiers don't go to hell. It's war. Soldiers, they kill other soldiers. We're in a situation where everybody involved knows the stakes. And if you're going to accept those stakes, you got to do certain things. It's business. We're soldiers. We follow codes, orders. So does that justify everything that you do? Excuse me, let me tell you something. When America opened the floodgates and let all us Italians in, what do you think they were doing it for? Because, because they were trying to save us from poverty? No, they did it because they needed us. They needed us to build their cities and dig their subways and to make them richer. The Carnegies and the Rockefellers, they needed worker bees, and there we were. But some of us didn't want to swarm around their hive and lose who we were. We wanted to stay Italian and preserve the things that meant something to us, honor and family and loyalty. And some of us wanted a piece of the action. Now, we, we, we weren't educated like the Americans, but we had the balls to take what we wanted. And those other fucks, those other, uh, the, 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 the J.P. Morgans, they were crooks and killers too. But that was the business, right? The American way. That might all be true. But what do poor Italian immigrants have to do with you? And what happens every morning you step out of bed? What the fuck is this all of a sudden? <laughs> I love that uh, you took that stand. Uh, You're yeah. looking at the descent, descendant of a poor Italian immigrant yeah. who just did doesn't justify murderous, unethical behavior, mm-hmm. went to school and became a doctor. Why do you get to keep... How long do you get to keep using this as yeah. an excuse for your own behavior? Mm-hmm. Right. And the reason your nephew's dead is kind of your fault. Yeah. Or almost dead. Yeah. Is dying. Is dying. Well, it's just a testimony to, to James Gandolfini's yeah. acting because yeah. the mm. first part of his speech when he's describing like... We're yeah. a soldier. This is a business. You can see on his face, he doesn't totally buy that, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. He's he's saying that because that was a speech probably given to him by his elders and that he gives to Christopher and he tells other people and he has to tell mm. himself, but he doesn't truly believe I mean, that. If I repeat it, we're soldiers. Yeah. No his hell. face we're is... Soldiers. That face acting is good, but then when he starts to get lathered up about the Italians, then he yeah. gets real passionate about it. Yeah. My yeah. other... Th- the other funny thing that I loved about this episode, the Sopranos is so funny. It's mm-hmm. just like... Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. When Christopher is describing hell and he's talking about how it's an Irish bar yeah. and the Irish are the <laughs> ones winning all the hands yeah. and they're the ones like winning all the card games. It's like the worst <laughs> thing he can imagine is the Irish, the There's Irish. Always are... a cop funeral there. Yeah. That is so uh, funny to that's, me. That all that fits together so well because like the, the Irish immigrant experience and the Italian immigrant experience are basically the same. Yeah. They're yeah. very, Cops. very similar. Yeah. Cops or gangsters, pick. Yeah. You you get, you know, a hundred years and they've become honorary white people. Mm-hmm. We don't think about that anymore. But I, back in the day, they were a different race. I always think my lucky stars because my grandfather still has like you know, you say certain like Italian slurs that like television doesn't give a shit about. Like mm-hmm. it would set him off. Like you, no one uses those words around me. Like it's like <laughs> opposite. Like old people problem. Yeah, it's 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 weird. So yeah. I think I don't know. He he didn't. He I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. He he had one foot in like the true immigrant experience, where yeah. it's like my dad doesn't, neither do I. So Tony's mm-hmm. justification here, no. Fuck off. No. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. This is not a justification. And that's why I love it for the whole series because that's 
Yeah. Uh, no, you're not a hero in this story. Especially not now when he yeah. has obviously inherited wealth, yeah. too. Like, yeah. he did not build mm-hmm. this empire from America came here to exploit us, and that's why I have a giant car, and I drive a Porsche SUV, and right. a big house in New Jersey, <laughs> and a Guma and everything. Yeah, is that, was that really mm-hmm. all part of the American dream that you deserve mm-hmm. over everything else? Mm. Uh, also, too, again, a small scene of Polly being sweet with his girlfriend's kids. Yes. It's so sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Polly is just... It's like Puerto Rican Guma. Oh, no, he's not married. Yeah. He's not. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just his girlfriend. Yeah. And it's just like his... He's a complicated man. I I love Polly so much. (laughs) I'm glad he's like the last one left when the show is over. (laughs) I know, me too. I gotta be the boss now? Holy fuck. I gotta go. I gotta go die to sides of my head. Um, <laughs> sorry. And on the twelfth ABC TV movie, Model Behavior, air starring Justin Timberlake. That's why he wasn't on this. One. Yeah. There he is again. Maggie Lawson and Kathy Lee Gifford. Mm. Gross. This is sort of a prince oh. of a prince and a pauper sort of situation, I believe. It's How many a, princes? Two. Oh, thank God. Oh, <laughs> one, two. <laughs> No, um, it's actually a a model who's so tired of getting momagered by her mom, Kathleen Gifford, and then a regular girl who wants to be a star. So they switch lives, I think. But yeah, it it definitely has the same flavor of the Tyra Banks movie that we talked about last week. Oh, uh, Life Size. Life Size, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I think this might have also Yuck. been a touchstone for a girl of a certain age at this point. On the same network, yeah. though. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, you know, it's a ABC Disney mm. Sunday Night Movie type thing. I'm uh, looking at the VHS cover now, and Justin Timberlake is wearing a suit that is three sizes oh, yeah. too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and David Burning. He still, is huge. He still yes. has his um, ramen noodle hair at this point, I'm yep. pretty sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, Disney uh, still had their claws on him pretty good. I guess so, shit. <sighs> well, it was probably the last time he got paid well. Here's band manager. It wasn't too nice. Uh, no <laughs> games came out this week. None. No. Uh, so, I, yeah, we're going to have to dig into more in the next segment. But we're going to close out 2000 with Worst Day Since Yesterday by Flogging Molly. Stay with us, people, because 2010 is right around the corner. When a flower's day bloom, well, it's there Hurry back to me, my wild calling. It's been the worst day since yesterday. Mr. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of March 6th through 12th, we've got two historical things we get to talk about. And historical, but in a fun way. They're historical for Classic Corner. They're both movies you should watch. Yay! Let's start with our first movie of the 80s in Classic Corner. And it's Coal Miner's Daughter. I know that that's, doesn't sound as, as exciting as it is, but holy shit, this is a really good movie. It's a biopic of Loretta Lynn starring Sissy Spacek, who's doing all her own singing and sounds amazing. Uh, it's also got Tommy Lee Jones as her husband and Beverly D'Angelo as Patsy Cline, who is so good. If you only think of her as the mom from the National Lampoon Vacation movies, 
you're going to be shocked how good Beverly D'Angelo is. And she also sings and is incredible. So, yeah, Coal Miner's Daughters, released 1980. Uh, that is our first recommend, and it's our first 80s movie. Yay! But that's not all. So I could just recommend that, but it turns out I have Classic Corner's first wholehearted recommendation for a movie that turns 100 years old this week. 1920, 100 years ago, saw the release of Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, directed by Robert Wiener. I think I'm saying that right. The the most German expressionist movie that has ever, ever, ever been made. This is, I feel like everyone should just need to see this. I mean, look, if you've ever shopped at Hot Topic, or if you like any Tim Burton movie, like, ever, you need to have seen Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It is kind of the first horror movie ever made, like, that we think of as a horror movie, in that, you know, it's about this, uh, this evil, like, circus mesmerist guy, and then there's, like, another, there's a spooky dude who's out, like, abducting people, and what do these things have to do with each other? And all the sets are just these, like, nightmare things, like, nothing makes sense, and there's lots of, like, really sharp angles on everything, it's very black and white, and light cutting across the screen and stuff, and, like, it's just over an hour, it's like an hour 15 or so, and it is incredibly watchable, even to this day. A hundred-year-old movie, I am telling you to watch it, because it is unlike anything you've ever seen. It is just so weird. And I love it. It is majorly influential for everything that's film noir, horror. Tim Burton rips it off like every other day. Uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Coal Miner's Daughter. They don't really go together, but those are my recommendations for this week. Stay classic. I thought he was saying Armor Bee, but it mm, turns out probably tuna. it's it's <laughs> I'm a Bee by the Black Eyed Peas, and it's number one because it's the 2010s, or the 2010s, and they can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. God damn it, they're back. They're back. Hey, but on the bright side, so is Amy McDonald with a curious thing. <laughs> Sorry, Amy McDonald. It's probably sure, a great she's album. She's a lovely lady. Uh huh. As is a self titled debut of Broken Bells. We also have uh, Enemy of the World uh, by Four Years Strong. Get Off on the Pain by Gary Allen. Battle of the Sexes by Ludacris. And uh, Elect the Dead Symphony by Serge Tankian. Tankian? Tankian. 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 Hmm? Um, uh, oh. See, I thought it was the guy doing the David Bowie covers in Life Aquatic. So I don't know what I'm talking uh, about. Appreciate music wise. System of a down. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. I can see the Armenian thing mm-hmm. in the last three letters. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Welcome to 2010. We're talking about March 6th through the 12th. And it's the 2010s, and we've got the Oscars. It's the Battle of the Exes. In this corner, the director of the two highest grossing films of all time, giant tech nerd James the Terminator Cameron. And in this corner, his one-time wife and protege, maker of not a single chick flick, Catherine Point Break Bigelow. will take the top prize, the oddly forgettable crowd pleaser or the war drama about toxic masculinity that came out six months ago. Let's get ready to Oscar! 
Michael, oh, Michael Buffett's going to sue you. Is that his Good. name? Um, Buffer, yeah. Yeah, come come at me, bro. I got nothing. Let's get, yeah. Um, oh my god. Is that that's happening right now? There we go. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is the Oscars and Hurt Locker and Avatar are the front runners for best picture, best director. Mm-hmm. And I can't still can't believe her, Avatar won everything. That's still pretty cr- No, I uh, obviously <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were so earnest for a second. I know. It's like, "Oh my god, this sickness has actor. really taken you. <laughs> uh-huh. This Avatar brain just got to thing. get help, man." <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening in movies whereas everyone's both regretting seeing Avatar and not regretting not having seen Hurtlock. I saw yeah. the ending on a plane, hmm. and so I never, I never okay. felt compelled to watch it again. Did you do? Wait, were you watching it in that way? Where you like watch between the two seats and had no. you, the guy that's like watching it in the seat ahead of you? I've watched movies like that before. Like, no, someone's I was, watching a movie in the seat. I remember specifically, like, who, who's in the Hurt Locker? Just some Jim, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, Renner, right? Jeremy Renner. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wait, what the fuck's this dude from Idle Hands? I confused him with Devin Sawa. And oh, I, and I, I was see like, that. and yeah, I was like, yeah. what the fuck is happening here? And I just saw the ending, yeah. and so like, I have no idea. What the rest of the movie's about, and I kind of—I still don't know how you. How did you catch the ending? Oh, sorry, because it was that wasn't you. You're thinking of an on-demand world on a plane, oh. not where they run movies on channels, right? Okay. Where you can, we can sit there and fall asleep and watch Battleship over and over again. Gotcha. Your flight to Japan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> oh, Rihanna <sighs> can't even save this one. Uh, well, oh okay. no! But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fun one. It's hosted by Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin mm-hmm. together. Pretty out good. of uh, it's complicated. It's the first year they stretched out the best picture to try to get people's attention instead of having five nominees up to ten. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, we talked about all oh, of them. And, it's, it's, the mean, ten year, all, it's the ten year anniversary of that. Yep. So it's oh, ten wow, years of yeah. having up to ten nominees, which mm. I constantly take issue with. <laughs> Why have eight? A choice that changed the Academy Awards forever and made it so much better. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. It happens, yeah. Yep. Four of these aren't going to win. And it's never a Pixar movie. And they always like add one in there. Yeah. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Just occasionally. Yep. I, I seriously call it the, it's the Wally Dark Knight rule. Where it's like, <laughs> those are two outstanding movies, but in a field of five, no one's going to take them seriously, so they're not going to get in. Mm. So they changed around. It's some kind of crazy ass math on how you get the election. So like Up gets in this time. Like, mm-hmm. great. And District 9. Oh, that's a surprise. That was a surprise, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but also, God. like, Inglorious Bastards. You know, if they're only five, that may or may not have made it. Mm-hmm. It'd be right on the line. Same with Serious Man or Up in the Air. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so at, at this everybody time, gets nominated. we still mandated there had to be at least four period pieces per mm-hmm. five Oscar categories, and two of them <laughs> had to be about World War Two. Yeah. And, and so we, mm-hmm. we needed the extra categories. It's true. Yep. Don't deny. Oh, Whatever. but I have one more historic oh, thing that happened. Catherine Bigelow fucking took it. First yeah. woman Ooh. to ever win an Oscar. For best, for director. best director. Wow. Yes. And I have to admit, I got teary-eyed. I cried Aww. immediately. And it was great. So she wins for best director for The Hurt Locker. And that's the second to last award. Then the last award is best picture. She gets her Oscar. She's so happy. She leaves the stage. They announce Hurt Locker. She comes back out the stage. She gets her second Oscar because she produced it too. She's all happy. And then Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin come up next to her and they're like wrapping up the show. And they try to like take her Oscars and hold them up. And she's like fucking white knuckling them she's like no one is taking these out of her hands well it's not like alec baldwin and steve martin will ever hold one so yeah. <laughs> give them their moment mm, ouch uh, I, I know diana had to think about it is he correct yes ouch well mm, oh i mean honorary maybe steve martin might do a banjo song for something it's true what an oscar oh he would totally get nominated for an oscar if he just he wrote a banjo song would. for something 
He uh, absolutely would. And, yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, other winners: Jeff Bridges for Crazy Heart, uh, Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side. The day mm. after she won her Razzie for All About Steve, mm. she also corrected. She also collected that one. She showed nice. up to collect it. That was That's awesome. Sweet. She got both. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she got both. Christoph Waltz for uh, Inglorious Bastards. Monique for Best Supporting Actress for Precious. That's a bingo. <laughs> yep. And oh, and one more I want to shout out: Best Animated Short was Logo Rama. If you have not watched Logo Rama. It is so trippy. It, it's Wait, it's I like I don't know, fifteen minutes long, and it's like this animated crime story where everything is built out of tech, out of corporate logos, mm-hmm. like every building, every car, all the people. Cool. It is so cool. Mm, logo Rama. Yeah. That's a good recommend. Yeah, look uh, up Logo Rama. So the the movies that came out this week that were not necessarily awarded anything, and nor would they be. <laughs> Uh, Alice in Wonderland is still number one at the box office because uh, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Our Family Wedding, starring Forrest Whitaker, American Ferrara, Carlos Mencia, <laughs> Regina King, Lance Gross, and Charlie Murphy. Jesus, what the fuck is this? Uh, she's Latina and he's black and they're getting married. What? It's just a w- wedding in South Central. This happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. apparently wackiness ensues. Oh. Yes, wackiness ensues. Mm. And uh, Stolen with John Hamm and Josh Lucas is also out this week. Not so wacky. Uh, John Hamm's son is kidnapped, and then they find this body that's from a kidnapping from 50 years ago, and then he wants to find that killer, too. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. And it's not the other stolen with Nicolas Cage. Mm. Is that stolen? God, he has so many stupidly he titled so movies. Many. <laughs> yeah. It's not knowing. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, knowing. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty bad. Uh, we should have a contest that so you can find the stupidest Nick Cage face on a box. I still think it's left behind. <laughs> Uh, oh, left yeah. behind movie. He's yeah, yeah. very clearly <laughs> photoshopped into a fireman, but making his what <laughs> face? Who? <laughs> the president? <laughs> um, uh, also out this week is she out of my is she's out of my league, starring uh, Jay Burchell, Alice Eve, T.J. Miller, Mike Vogel, Nate Torrance, Kristen Ritter, Jeff Stoltz. I almost said Sluts. <laughs> my name is Jeff Sluts. I'd like to be in your movie. Uh, Lindsay Sloan, and she's out of my league. Yes, I do. I don't get it. Why would she ask me out? Are you nervous? <laughs> yes. This Molly is a hard 10. Meanwhile, the guy's a 5. <laughs> Nailed it. I brought a girl with me, so please don't be a jerk. Are you a hooker? Dylan. Or a prostitute, I mean? Nope. Well, come on in for a dip, girl. Yeah. You know what? I don't even have a bathing suit. Underwear is fine. Underwear would be fine. If I were wearing any. Hi-yo! Swing! (laughs) Who's seeing this movie this weekend? Uh, Alice Eve, what happened to her? She was like super hot, and I thought she was going to be in like every movie forever. Mm. And turns out you get naked in a Star Trek movie, and no one ever forgets it. Mm. No. Mm. <laughs> that is a dumb scene in the new Star Trek movie. That she's was changing really on dumb. the Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, why are yeah. we seeing this? Why does this need to happen? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not, thank you, but why? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's good. I mean, mixed reviews in that, like, you know, it's a raunchy comedy. Um, it's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Jay Baruchel seems like a nice enough guy, but why would this like supermodel be pursuing him? I don't know. And somebody okay. should do an expose to improve the life of fives like me so we can <laughs> continue to, to date out of our weight class. It's really, yeah. really fun. Guys get to Those do reviews that. Were do like, you, do yeah. we really want to pull on that thread, though? Why? I mean, well, all you have to do is date a little younger. Yeah. <laughs> then you can date out of your weight class. Uh, mm. 
don't, don't you grumble at me. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, let us know in the comments because there was there's so many freaking movies I ended up just not getting to. She out, she's out of my league either, but, you know, all the clips I watched, like, yeah, I got to chuckle. Because this, this is the funniest part for me is that... Um, Here we go. I mentioned Remember Me and Sarah was like, I watched it out of... <laughs> my studious diligence to this show mm-hmm. I, and I got bored after the first part because you just aren't a, you aren't aware of the notoriety of this movie no, and no. It's, it's not like a it's not at the room level okay and it's not um, it's terrible it is terrible you know, which is like, why I stopped watching it yeah that's the thing like the movie justify like wants to justify it being terrible because it has a real big ending in store for okay. you okay oh boy oh and, boy yeah <laughs> I remember even at the time I was like helping produce a video game called Remember Me. Is someone me. a ghost? No, but uh, remembering is the opposite of what? Forgetting. And if you never did that. If you never forgot. Mm-hmm. It's 9-11. <laughs> did, you, did you wonder why in this 2010 movie when they went to a movie theater to see a new movie, they're watching American Pie 2? <laughs> No, I did, I did not make that connection. I did. I'm like, why was they going to see? That's not ready to be revived and appreciated yet. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no way. Why is this going to happen? It's called Remember Me because the whole movie, uh, the last 11 minutes, and you are not doing it justice. If you, It is a bad romantic will they or won't they yeah. zero consequence relationship movie until mm-hmm. the absolute very end where Pierce yep. Brosnan is teaching a class at the top of the World Trade Center. Uh, and a plane comes up behind him as Robert Pattinson is running through the rubble of the World Trade Center buildings falling. It is crazy. It is all effects-based, very 9-11, and ends its movie that way. It, like, it didn't market itself like that. Everyone who went in to see it in theaters was completely unprepared. And it kind of got like on everyone's worst of the year list because people weren't ready to have their emotions used and abused like this, not like less than yeah. ten years later. My mouth is agape. It it is astonishingly I, out of place. Yeah, I I've watched just that section, and it's not. I I think they're thinking that they're being classy by mm-hmm. leaving most of it to our imagination, and that yeah. like they've all this stuff about oh these two this couple and their dads, and they're having fights with the dads, and now he's finally reconciling with the dad, and you know he's just waiting for him in the office, and then like. At school, someone writes down, like, today's date is September 11th. Oh and then oh they boy. show him standing, Pattinson standing by the window, and the camera starts pulling out and seeing, oh, no, he's in the World <laughs> Trade Center. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, they're leaving the rest up to our imagination, which I guess I appreciate us not having to see him get blown up. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so... But they, it, still, they do have reaction shots of people going like, oh, no! And, and, and yeah, like the, the next 11 minutes are reaction shots in, deb- in flaming debris, not necessarily the buildings falling down. Yeah. In, in slow motion uh, to like yeah. music. It's so ham-fisted. And Ugh. I just imagine the frat bro with a backwards hat in a Hollywood pitch meeting pitching this because the whole thesis is like, just like be nice to your family because you never know. 9-11. Mm. And that, that's, <laughs> that is the story. Mm-hmm. That is the fucking story. Like mm-hmm. be nice 9-11. It could, it could mm. be, be nice your dad could die in 9-11. Oh, my and gosh. It, it is, it's ridiculous. It is one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen. I've never had the balls to watch it again. But oh. I, uh, as far as a, well, a mainstream studio you movie goes. Spend, you just spent like two hours yes. on this. You know, yeah. It's over two oh, hours. It's so. With Robert Pattinson and, uh, you know, the chick from Lost. The chick yes. from Lost. The beautiful no, one from Lost. I'm not a fan of to begin with. And, and Robert Pattinson is not interesting yet. And so I... 
just could not. I was like, I don't know. I, Sam was like, what are you watching? I'm like, I don't know, some romancy movie about something. It, so juxtaposed with what you walked out of, like yeah. I love being able to tell you that. The yeah. movie ends with 9-11 because it is this nothing romantic. I think you can't let go of some of your past. Yeah, well, you still have your ex-boyfriend, your phone. Like, none of this matters. This shouldn't be on screen. Cut this whole scene. Uh, none of this matters. And it, it's it's so bad and awful. And then it gets even worse. Like, so much worse and so much more wrong. It's it's delicious. Remember me. And it even I has, will. like, a little kid... Like, who's too smart for her own britches. Oh, who loves no. her big brother. Oh, I hate those so uh, much. Can't. Yeah, it's, that's why I turned Is he it getting off. relationship advice from a little kid? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh I, no. Cause I, no. I, oh, my God. When I am emperor of the world, that <laughs> that's going to be the first thing I ban. Right. Yeah. And then maybe the death penalty, and then maybe chewing with your mouth open. I don't know. And and then, like, wars and stuff. I don't know. Pretty yeah, good. maybe wars. <laughs> Make pot legal. Yeah. Yeah. Four pay health care. We'll see. Uh, but yep. but this movie, like I saw it on lists, and it was it just found it too boring to read about, and mm-hmm. like trailers too boring to watch, and so like I sort of knew what was going to happen, but I didn't. This was one of the, it's still one of the best experiences I've had alone watching a film, <laughs> for real. Like uh, like it's it's so ridiculous. I talked about it for like three straight weeks, and then I was I love being able to go into my office and like that game we're publishing called Remember Me. Uh, uh, it's going to have a real Google problem. Oh and, no. It's, <laughs> And it will involve 9-11. Are we, are we dead set on this? <laughs> oh, so my God. Oh, please. That's, that's, that's my recommendation for the week. Dude, all men out there, bring Remember Me to your ladies and <laughs> see, what, see this, what their reaction is to this semi-boring rom-com when 9-11 happens. This oh. movie, too. Like, I'm so glad I did not watch all of it because I have a feeling it is a 50-50 chance that I would end up – crying but being angry that yeah. i'm being forced to cry like yeah. you know like, I, I thought, like this is they're not, not gonna earned. do this like they're gonna do this in the last two minutes <gasps> it's the last 12 minutes they keep it going oh my god this is so this is so wrong a movie that's no. wrong yeah yeah we, we're gonna talk about a movie that's wrong in a, a upcoming laser time mm. a notorious mm. wrong movie and i would put this up there with the day that clown cried this is a Whoa. wrong movie. Oh, wow. Wrong, wrong, wrong movie. It's using it's using wow. a national catastrophe yeah. to uh, to add emotion to its otherwise shitty and stupid script. Yeah, and and oh, oof, man, I'll you know what this making me think of more is that last week we talked about audition. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> that movie. Be bait and switch you instead of forty five minutes in, literally the last part of the like the last ten seconds of the movie. <laughs> yes, would you like to? Yes, ins- this is the kind of movie you're watching. <laughs> would you like-, like to insert automatic trust issues into your well forged relationship? Double feature audition. Remember me, you and your lady. <laughs> Just go ahead and do it. <laughs> She'll never trust you again. You'll never get to pick the film. Mm. Uh, and then the movie I meant to see and didn't. Green Zone. I watched. I watched. It. War yeah. movie. That's fine. Is it is it Matt Damon's second war movie? Um sure. after after saving after being Private Ryan. Oh, oh yeah. I feel like he intentionally avoided doing yeah. anything else like that. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's so generic. It's such a generic. Mm. Even yeah, though it has it. Amy Ryan, Jason Isaacs, Brendan Gleeson, Greg Gunnier, and Jesse Williams trailer play. You're off reservation for a reason. What is it? Get down now. I came here to find weapons and save lives. There's a problem with the intelligence. You want to know what truth is? You've got to find Magellan. You set up whatever you need to set up. I'm bringing him in. Magellan's the best source we ever had. Stay out of this, Miller. Something's going on here. Put your game face on. I know what you did. You have no idea who you're dealing with. Go, go, go! Take him out. I'm bringing you in. Green 
zoned. You've been green zoned. Um, I, <laughs> hey, did you know the entire Iraq war was Greg Kinnear's fault? Yeah, Apparently. I can see it. He's, he, dude, he is perfect for a smarmy, like, oh, yeah. I love <laughs> military industrial complex executive. I would love it. Does he play mm-hmm. anything ever besides smarmy? I feel like he's almost always One time smarmy. he was a gay guy with a dog. Yeah, but he was yeah. kind of smarmy at the beginning of that. True, it's true. Until he got his ass kicked. Until he learned to love. That's not how you describe a hate crime, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Green Zone, yeah. I mean, it's about like a bunch of soldiers in Iraq and they're trying to find WMDs, but all their intel is really bad. And Matt Damon wants to know why, God damn it. It's like, <laughs> oh, everybody up the chain of command knows that there aren't WMDs and this was all just a lie and it's all Greg Kinnear's fault. And I guess no one else's? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, like, it's okay, it's okay, but it's so funny this is coming out the same week Hurt Locker's getting a bunch of press, because wow. holy shit, is Hurt Locker so much better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. on just... a very, very similar topic. Um, yeah, this was eminently forgettable. Very, very generic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not, no, I mean, like, the acting is just, like, acting. Fine. You know, it's just, like, fine. And there's, these are some good actors, and two Harry Potters, yeah. and they're... <laughs> Two Matt, of them? Yeah, Mad Eye Moody and Malfoy's daddy. Okay. I just <laughs> <Yeah>. Harry Potters. <laughs> I am shocked that Brendan Gleeson, who is an amazing actor, yeah. cannot do an American accent. Yeah. Yeah. He really can't. I was like, oh man, you are you are from the Belfast section yeah. of Boston, aren't Stick you? Stick to <laughs> Ireland, <Yeah>. mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just can't. You can't say ours, dude. <laughs> My poor boy. Oh. can't say ours. It's so sad. Okay. And, um, uh, Low-key, one of the best SNL hosts was mm. a movie TV. No one talks about is Zach Galifianakis. He's sure. really good at sketch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Unsurprising. He, I, I love his monologue. Yeah, you, you shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised because he's really good at committing to characters. He's yeah. always played a version of himself as his twin brother for mm-hmm. like forever, not just on mm. Baskets. And the sketch I like the most that I just wanted to highlight, I forgot about the View ripoff show, The Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it's SNL is a merciless to this show. Like, uh, I don't know who Julie Chen is, but she introduces herself like, if you're wondering, yes, I am married to the owner of the network. Oh, and, like, true. <laughs> yeah. and Sarah Gilbert uh, is on it. And, she, she also hosts uh, Big Brother, that Julie Chen. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sarah Gilbert was on it, mm-hmm. and Leah Remney, mm-hmm. and somebody yep. else who was famous. But it was just the view, and the whole sketch is about how this isn't the view it's totally different yet totally the same mm-hmm. and then yep. they take a question from the audience and it's at galfinakis wearing a view shirt who clearly has shown up to the wrong show <laughs> <laughs> matter so let's just say that on our anniversary my husband and i like to get funky busy y'all <laughs> oh snap uh, excuse me excuse me yeah uh, uh i have a question um, yes, what's your question? When are Barbara Walters and the girls coming out? Un- unfortunately, this is not the view, it's the talk. Well, you should consider calling your show The Trick. Because you trick people, and in one case, ruin their birthday. <laughs> I love that they give Zach Galifianakis like the white lady haircut with like the straight in the front and then the curly in the back the can I speak to your manager haircut so good oh, oh man that's uh, great 
Oh, whoo. Okay, okay, <laughs> sorry. But that is the most notable thing on TV Very for me. Fun. How I Met Your Mother airs its episode, of course, guest starring Jennifer Lopez. Yes, um, Jennifer Lopez. That's a pretty big get, I feel like. For real. For, I mean, yeah. How I Met mm-hmm. Your Mother had some pretty fun guest starring um, people show up, and Jennifer Lopez is definitely a fun one. Mm-hmm. She plays a self-help guru whose whole thing is you don't sleep with a man before a certain amount of dates, and mm-hmm. then Barney. Bullshit. Barney. Boo. Mm-hmm. Is of course trying to get her into bed. Mm. Yeah, it's fun. And then there's some double crossing that occurs, which there's a that it is a show where a lot of double crossing occurs during episodes, and I enjoy that very much. Fun fact: I have no long term relationship that has started outside of a first time, like one night hookup. Hmm. And fun fact: all of those relationships no longer exist, and mm. <laughs> except for one, mm. uh, <laughs> which is uh, TBD and <laughs> ending TBD. Uh, but yes, moving and speaking of my problems, moving to video games. Uh, oh, we don't want to talk about the thrumbers. Oh my bad, I didn't. Th- thrumbers. <laughs> <laughs> so you promise me? You promise me this isn't medium. <laughs> you, you promise me? I, I promise. Okay. it's not medium. No. Okay, it's thrumbers, Thrumber. which is what I like to call it. I think numbers I mean, are the three. It's not, yeah. it's not the mentalist either. It's no. not the mentalist. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It's um, about math guys solving crimes. Yep. I, Computer you know what? crimes. I watched a whole season of this, and yeah, I think it's math guys solving crimes. You know, Diane, I watched yep, a whole math movie. Math guys solving crimes. I watched a whole movie about math guys doing computer crimes with Peter Ustinoff and Maggie Smith last night called Hot Millions. There's my, there's my 1972 <laughs> recommend of the week. Nice. <laughs> a very TCM night last night. Yeah, well, Hot this millions. one does have... Um, the guy who played Mr. Universe in Serenity. Oh, David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz. Yes, Gabe, mm-hmm. David yep. Crumholtz. He's in it, and yeah. he's fun. The this the best part of uh, Adam's Family Values. Mm. Yeah. He wasn't there the first time. He's a fun part in a lot of things. He's great. Yeah, I love that guy. Um, yeah, yeah it went six seasons. Because um, you know, six seasons. What a mercy. <laughs> CBS, and now moving to video games. Oh, my segue is ruined. So we could talk about Thrumbers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're not going to tell you how to spell it either. Try Googling it. Uh, thrumbers. Um, lots of ports this week, including Resident Evil 5 Gold Edition. But the big, big ones, Yakuza 3, which hadn't really developed an audience in the West. Like, now has a mass. I'm a huge fan of Yakuza. Was not back then. And Final Fantasy 13, a game I love deeply, but was very divisive among Final Fantasy fans. It's technically the first true Final Fantasy game since... Well, you could say 12, but it's taken a very, very long time, almost 10 years to make this a reality. And we will talk more about that on patreon.com slash laser time. This, this month, we're going through uh, all the games of the month that we talked about here further in depth with uh, Mr. Diana Goodman and Maddie C. Allen on a video game apocalypse fame. And it's going to be a big one. I've revamped the show a little bit. It's, uh, there's a lot more stuff that you're, that you're not used to yet. It's going to be a big one. I'm, I can't wait for you to hear it. You can only hear that at patreon.com slash laser time, which includes a weekly bonus show featuring people like Diana and Sarah. They did, Diana helped with a post recap on the Oscars. You may have never heard it. And we also have over 100 movie commentaries, blah, blah, blah. Just support what you like so it can continue happening. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard out there for independent creators. So instead of buying a fucking statue related to your favorite video game character, pre-ordering a game that might suck, consider $5 setting aside for your favorite podcast network. Yeah. How about yeah. that? 
I feel like I'm talking about a very specific person. Help us. And I am. And it's you. You know who you are. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. But uh, Diana, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at ListenAnerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast302010podcast, where uh, I posted a video for last week's The Norm Show with all the different movie references in it. Oh, did you? And watched it. Yeah. It's almost interesting, right? I almost I caught forty four that I feel solid about. Yeah, and there, but there, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there, and there, I'm surprised no one else has kind of done this mm. because they don't. Unlike Drew Carey show, they don't really they don't slow down and focus on them. They go by real fast. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, oh, I had to do a lot of pausing of like, mm-hmm. is that what the? Oh, yeah. What does that helmet say? It says "Born to Kill." Gotcha. All right. I <laughs> oh, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> oh yeah. Full metal jacket. Uh, got yeah. it now. And you can, uh, yeah, check her out there. And we always end up with uh, our death and birthday quiz. So who died during this period? Uh, Well, we broke our streak of no deaths. Uh, In 2000, we lost Charles Gray. He was 77. Uh, You would know him as, well, he was Blofeld in a Bond movie. And he is the old narrator dude in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay. That guy. And in 2010, uh, we lost Corey Haim. He was 38. Wow. Fuck you, prescription drugs and also edema in the lungs. Mm. Uh, among other things, he's he's now the subject of a new movie. If you haven't seen that trailer, what a title! No, no. I believe it's called "The Truth: Colon The Rape of Two Corys." So oh, that Lord. the oh, information to Corey Feldman has been teasing is Thanks. now. I'm not kidding. Like I want to see that documentary bad because, mm-hmm. like, I do think that yeah. dude has some shit to spill. Yeah, he. It's it's so sad. That, he, he blames um, it for Corey yeah, Haynes' claim. Yeah, in. In the month before he died, he did so much doctor shopping. He had more than 500 pills on him. Wow. Uh, Xanax, Soma, Vicodin, Valium. And that weakened his system so much that he he technically had pneumonia. That killed him. Mm. But uh, with a heart attack, with so many drugs in his system. And it's so sad. He had talent. Yeah. Mm. He's a a good actor. Corey Feldman would have always been the character actor, the go-to I don't know, like, (laughs) what do you, the Keegan-Michael Key you'd put in your comedy for five Mm -hmm. minutes, but Corey Haim had, like, real, like, bleeding man potential and kind of got fucked in his early days and Mm -hmm. didn't get any better. Literally. Yeah. 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 Wasn't even going. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So with that macabre horse shit out of the way, it's time for birthday. Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong doodly-doodly ding-dong-doo. Okay, birthday quiz. Yay. We've got someone turning 50 this year. 50. Birthday years old. (laughs) Born. She doesn't look 50, by the way. And she's an amazing actress. Jennifer Um, Lawrence. Born. No. (laughs) (laughs) Born March 7th, 1970 in London. Uh, As children, her parents fled Hungary and Austria, respectively, for Britain during World War II. Uh, She began modeling at 14 and at Cambridge co-founded a group called the Cambridge Talking Tongues. Hmm. It it's a theater group. I get it. Anyway, <laughs> we've we have talked about a lot of movies that she's in. Some of them I forgot she was in at all. So let's start with Stealing Beauty, Bent, Going All the Way. Oh, Liv Tyler? Nope. Damn it. She is in Stealing Beauty, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good movie. I like it. Uh, how about The Land Girls, Chain Reaction, and Sunshine? <laughs> sounds like my. It oh. sounds like God's grocery hmm. list. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have it, Sarah? Uh, no, I thought I did, but this lady's too young. I I'm was going to say you. Emily Blunt, but she's too young. Mm. Yeah, there's also Aragon, Fred Claus, and The Fountain. Zoe Deschanel. Nope. I should mention she was engaged to Darren Aronofsky for five years. Oh, Rachel Weisz? 
It is Rachel Weiss. Wow. And she left him to marry Daniel Craig. Wow. <laughs> you can't even be mad about that. Yeah. No. Like, yeah, nope. it's whatever. And she's also in uh, The Lovely Bones, The Brothers Bloom, which she was so funny in, and The Mummy. Yes. I love Rachel I love Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Rachel. Oh, my God. She was so great in The Favorite. Like, I'm angry yes. about it. Yeah. I still haven't seen Girl. I know, oh, man. I know. It's a, I know, it's girl. weird. Girl. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> I want to watch it because it looked like it, it. It is so funny. I looked at the poster and the cast and the costumes and like, no way. And then like, all it took was one trailer. Like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. This is weird. Keep meaning to see it. Yet again, mm. petticoats keeping you from a good movie. True. True. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, is this another Little Women thing? Sorry about that sketch. But <laughs> no, I love the sketch. The sketch is great. Loved it. <laughs> Um, all right. Thank you guys so much again for the price of a burger and fries. You can support your favorite podcast network, patreon.com slash later time. We do appreciate all of our patrons. Be like Jason McCoffin. Did we say that? Did we ever pronounce his name correctly? I don't mm-hmm. remember. We love you, Jace Jace. Uh, thank you guys so much at patreon.com slash later time. We'll try to do a better job of shouting you guys out in further episodes. And look forward to a new 302010 video game recap with our video game experts. It's going to yeah. be real weird. Seriously, Ooh. like there's there. Ooh. Why did Michael and I eat something that looked like a leg with veins mm. and skin uh, to celebrate a video game? Did wow. we have to cheer oh, a couple? Oh, mm. And can I promote next week? Yeah. Just looking forward to what's going on. So we mentioned uh, Mission to Mars versus Red Planet, and obviously we've talked about Armageddon versus Deep Impact. Next week we have two movies on the same topic coming out against each other, really? and that topic is embarrassing. <laughs> Okay. And only one of them has Shabadoo in it. <laughs> Shabadoo. The other one has Sig Hate. Fuck. Oh, which is the better one? Oh, goodness. I can't wait to figure out what the end is. All right, you guys. Uh, we're going to close out with Hello by Ludacris, because he's got a new album out this week. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Uh, maybe leave us a comment. Laser Time, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the, the webpage. It, it is always great to have your feedback, and we're looking for ways to further celebrate that. Because, again, this is more about memories and not expertise and I really, really appreciate people who loved something we might have shit on or blown past. Uh, every mm-hmm. there's a movie out there. There's a movie, a show out there for everybody, and I love that. I love what people love. I really do, especially when it's so, something that's notoriously unloved. Mm. Which is why I'm <laughs> my recommend of the week. Remember me. <laughs> <laughs> Forced it on somebody though. We got to do that. Not a 9/11 victim. I don't want to hear from. I don't want to hear from anybody that you showed up. Steve Renzizi, do not show it to yeah, him. Don't show it to Steve Renzizi. <laughs> don't show it from Pete from SNL. Like, don't, no, don't, no, don't no. do that. Uh, I can't believe I forgot his last name. Uh, Davidson. Davidson, there it is. Uh, he was in a sketch I literally just showed you. Sarah I and I have to go watch John Mulaney do his another musical sketch. Ooh, and <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And close, take us out, Chris, and see us. we'll see you guys next week. Seen it?